Hey, welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. I am your host, Craig Henson. Glad to have you guys with us today, and I'm happy to be joined today by lead pastor, Eddie Cox. Hello, hello. Executive pastor, Brian Cox. Hello. And first impressions coordinator, Brenda Cox. Good to have Brenda with us today. Hello, everybody. Glad hey, to be Brenda. here. Hey, Brenda. Hey, <laughs> Brenda. Thanks for joining us today, Brenda. We're glad to have you. Hey, so we're in this series called The Love Revolution, and we have this definition that we're working on. A revolution is a sudden and radical and complete change from the way things are normally done. And so that's what we're looking for, something sudden and radical. And uh, we talked Sunday about this question, what does love require of me? And uh, it's, it's kind of a heavy question because what we're doing is we're saying in every situation, every day in every situation, with every relationship, with every encounter, we should be asking this question, what does love require of me? And ultimately, we're really talking about doing what Jesus did as opposed to arguing about, about what Jesus said. And uh, I talked Sunday about the fact that Christianity has a brand problem. We're not really known for what we're supposed to be known for. Jesus said that we would be known for our love. And I don't know how you guys feel in your experience, but but I think if, if somebody was really to push, push me and ask me, you know, what are Christians known for? I don't think love would be at the top of my list. Now, I, I think it might be more known for church, uh, judgmental, to been out there. I think you talked about it a little bit Sunday that the Christians or the Christian word in the New Testament when it was used wasn't a good thing. That's right. I mean, behind that. So I think we have a lot to do when it comes to changing the brand. I do believe that. I think it's very sad to hear that, you know, that to think about what, how people view us, that they don't see love. That's not the first thing they see when they think about or they hear the word Christian that they that is not the first thing they see it's very sad yeah and it's it's almost like you talked about we play golf with people and we yeah. don't want them to tell don't tell them that i'm a christian or don't tell them <laughs> i'm a preacher because they'll me- immediately think that brand of a christian is going to judge them or you know look down on them and you know we, we want to we don't want to be seen that way you know and I, right. I, I agree with what you said i thought it was really cool with the chick-fil-a you know when i my pleasure you hear that i mean you think about that yeah when you see that brand when you see that logo or you hear a brand immediately something comes to mind Mm -hmm. um and and sometimes that it's negative and it might be positive but most of the time it is positive and and something does come to mind right away and so when people hear this term christian something definitely comes to mind Mm -hmm. and the thing is when when i was digging into this it it hurts Mm-hmm. to really yeah. come to that realization yeah. it's not yeah. fun like right. i don't enjoy this and here's here's the tough thing is that i don't i don't know if you could put a percentage on it but there are plenty of christians on the planet in america in south carolina in the upstate that do love jesus and do love their neighbor but it seems like all of the negative parts of christianity always rise to the surface and so then that's what we become known for right, right. yeah it does uh, seem that you know, you would hope that if somebody think Christian that, you know, you're going to get fair treatment, you're going to get love, you're going to get care. And I notice hey, this is just me. When I look at a business and they have the word Christian in their name, I try to do something else because right. I'm not really sure what that I mean, what that means with when no, they say right. Christian. Are, they go, are you going to do the job? Are you going to finish the job? Are you going to expect something free? I don't know what I don't know. 
you know it just make it's just a little weird for me too hearing the word yeah i think it's supposed to mean they're honest people right but i i don't believe that (laughs) when i see that you know i I told this at lunch today about working in the recording industry for many years and seeing many christian groups come through the studio try to say this in a way that's not (laughs) too offensive but it really i really had to work through it because i recorded you know pretty much 95 percent were christians or a Christian music group, quotes and quotes. And I found it very difficult. That this one time, this guy was really just talking back to me and, and just talking down to me. And I finally just, you know, got one over the talk back and said, This is the farthest thing. You're the farthest thing from a Christian I've ever seen because mm-hmm. the way you're speaking to me. And I had to walk out. And it challenged me, you know, is that the way people see us? We're trying to do something good and promote the faith through music. And music, you know, is, I don't know, it it just seemed to, it bothered me for years. It still does. That Mm -hmm. when you, when I see a musical group that's called Christian, I'm sorry, I hope this is not off topic, but. No, I think it's right on topic. But Mm it, it, I cringe sometimes. Sure. Because I'm like, they look at them like they're just a bunch of hypocrites, you know. What if you had been an unbeliever working in that yeah. situation, and that's yeah. how they were treating you? Yeah, and, I, and I'm not trying to judge. There's plenty of amazing Christian artists out there that do amazing things. Right. But I think, again, like you said, that brand, it don't really take a whole lot. <laughs> right. A few, a few of those, that brand can really hurt what Christ is trying to do, I think, through music. You know, one of the things that, that I mentioned on Sunday that really – kind of got me started thinking about this is this lady Anne Rice yeah. who wrote you know the interview with an vampire vampire she she described us this way that we're quarrelsome hostile yeah. disputatious and a deservedly infamous group and the best i can recall i i think when she decided to quote unquote quit christianity it was around one of those times when instead of promoting jesus christianity was protesting mm-hmm. against what it wasn't even a Christian organization, a secular organization, because they weren't doing Christian things. Right. And that's insane in itself, right? But she's just like, we're supposed to be promoting Jesus. Instead, we're against everything. That's what we found to be true in the church. We grew mm-hmm. up, all of us grew up in that church. Right. That's thinking, right. Well, you know, it's always about what we're against. Every, I mean, every, you know, I, re- I remember, this is no, <laughs> I'm in a church, I'm in probably the uh, 10th grade. And I hear a pastor say that all Catholics are going to hell. Mm-hmm. That's what That's he right. said. Wow. And I was like, and then we would we talked about everybody else, but we're the only ones that got it right. But it's always about what we were against. It wasn't ever what we should be doing or what we we're for. I think you said that Sunday about you know just do what Jesus said, but we want to argue how he said it. Exactly. Right. You know. So when I think that you know Sunday when I picked up my Bible, and we want to pick up the Bible and say, well, what about them, and what about that, and, and start pointing our fingers at all these other things, and that doesn't do anything but harm the cause of Christ. Let me just jump to this real quick, because we talked about the term Christian. It's not really a biblical term. The term that Jesus used was disciple, you know, a follower, a learner, a pupil. Um, and I think if, 
if we could get our head around that, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to be so radical as to stop saying the word Christian. That's not what I'm trying to do. But, but if we would really think about what it means to be a Jesus follower, just that definition alone kind of changes everything and actually really raises the bar. Well, I was, you know, we did that. We we talked about the difference between a Christian and a disciple. We've been right. when we that's right do our disciple stuff. And I was, Brenda, you've been in there. Yeah. Yeah. So what, when you look at when you hear the word Christian and disciple, do you believe that that is two different things or the same thing? Well, I think it's become two different things because of the way the world views us, and even the way we as Christians view each other. You know, if you say I'm a Christian and you're up against or talking to another Christian, are they going to judge me for the way I believe or, you know, what? And a disciple means, to me, means more of a learner, somebody who's learning about how to be Mm -hmm. more like Jesus. Not a Christian almost seems like, well, I am already that. I've arrived. I'm what I need to be. That's all I need. You know, but we're always, always should be constantly growing and learning yeah becoming is the word i think like him becoming always becoming never never arriving that's right yeah so i think that that's one of the things i I saw when it you know when somebody become a christian in in a church okay we were there well the first thing you do is you uh put a suit on them right okay i mean i don't know i mean that's just what happened you know if you change your life then you can wear a suit <laughs> right. You know, and then yeah. you give them the King James Bible, Bible, but you can't James, understand. Yeah. My dad could never understand it. So, but then we have the then the expectation is what happens if they mess up, and that's what happens. Then they're judged. Then they're judged by the Christian that's world. Right. You know, if you were a really good Christian, you wouldn't be doing that. And then they turn into that branded Christian. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That turns around and judges the next one, mm-hmm. and that's what we've created, or what it seems to have been happening for a long time rather than being a learner Mm -hmm. or a disciple that's learning not so much about knowledge as it is about behavior and love that jesus said i love it you're going to talk about in a minute you know that's everything hangs on that that's right you know that's really the bottom line to everything right you know i don't want to get ahead of you no that's right i i think you make a great point because I don't know if y'all do. I feel like every week I hear somebody say, "Man, I love Jesus, but I don't care for organized religion." Yeah, it's almost every week Mm -hmm. uh, from an athlete or celebrity, whoever, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm all about Jesus, but I'm not all about any of the rest of this stuff. I'm Mm -hmm. completely out." And uh, so I, I I think that really goes to Ann Rice's point. She's like, "I'm I'm good with Jesus. You know, we're fine, Mm -hmm. but but the rest of this stuff, I'm completely out." And, And Brian, you alluded to it. So we did talk about the fact that. Jesus basically said, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and all the rest, all the other commands hang on these two things. And we talked about how the Old Testament law, all the prophets, and then everything that we would learn in the New Testament as well. You know, uh, husbands, love your, your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Do your work as unto the Lord. All these things that we hang on to, all of that is only relevant if we're loving God and loving our neighbor. And I, love, I still love that screen. It was a great slide. <laughs> you know, it had above it, it had love God, love people, and then it had all these books of the Bible hanging from that. And I mean, that visually just like, yeah, okay, now I see what you're saying. You know, that it, all this knowledge, it, it hangs on that. And I you think know? that comes back to the title of the yeah. message What Does Love Require of Me? Regardless of what what's happening, you know, you were saying you don't have to look up. You know, what what does God say about this? 
just ask that question, what does love require of me in this situation with what's going on? You know, I, I think there's a couple really good examples of us asking that question. That's why drive-in church happened. Yes. Right. Yes. Because I think Eddie asked at the time, what, God, what does love require of us in, in a pandemic? How do we move mm-hmm. forward? What what would be the loving thing for us to do? And and you came to us with drive-in church. I think that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. That was the yeah. How do we keep moving and keep loving? Not in the way we're used to, you know. What 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 is this? Is always you know. I told you about hanging out with God. You know, meeting mm-hmm. with Him. Right. What does He want to do? And then you look around. What's the environment tell you? You know, and then you move forward. It, it's really not a whole lot of, of praying. Pray about mm-hmm. it. Is go get it. <laughs> That's kind right. of thing, and that's kind of what you know we were, we were doing, and that's what happened. This, this sounds really petty, but the, this is the world I live in. When this whole thing started, I was like, I'm not wearing a mask under any circumstances <laughs> for any reason. I'm just not doing it. Uh, I was working in the marketplace at the time, and I was interacting with customers on a daily basis, and I'm like, I'm not wearing a mask for anybody. If a customer wants a salesman with a mask, they can grab one. I'm not him. <laughs> but then as I started to dig into this, God spoke to me and said, the loving thing for you to do right now is to wear a mask when you're asked to. And and I, I know that sounds pity, petty. That sounds like, well, this guy must be so lame. <laughs> but it really changed my attitude about wearing a mask. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think the whole idea is getting over ourselves. Isn't that the whole yes. New Testament? You know, and Because it really is all about us. And I think Jesus made it clear in that second commandment, if you could love people like you love you, then this world will change because we really right. love ourselves. We really do. And he was trying to change the whole attitude about who we are and what we do. It's not about us. It's so hard. To, to you know, That's where the, what does love require of me? And it doesn't have to feel comfortable for you or be nice or sweet and all. It, what does it require? And that's the hard part. Yeah, sometimes it's confrontation and sometimes it's confession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I... I in addition to that, everything hanging on love God and, and love your neighbor thing, I, I threw this in there. Basically, what Jesus was saying is don't ever use my law. Don't use the Bible mm-hmm. to hurt anybody or exclude anybody. And we actually had a question come up at lunch about who's going to be in the kingdom. And, and that centers around this idea of Christians trying to use the Bible, use the Scripture to exclude people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we find, you know, who's going to go, right? You know, and have that thought go ahead brenda well and the key is love your neighbor it doesn't say love this neighbor love that neighbor love only these neighbors it says love everybody love the neighbors that behave right right no Mm -hmm. it doesn't say that either (laughs) or live a certain way (laughs) bring you bring you uh you know brownies at christmas you know have you you guys seen that commercial where the um the hoa lady like saws off the guy's mailbox Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> like that is the best commercial. Yeah. He, he's, she's like trimming the guy's trees, and saw, she finally saws off his mailbox and goes, oh, it's two inches too high. That's loving your neighbor at yourself right there. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah, it is good. So this, this kind of got heavy for a few minutes on Sunday uh, because I talked about the fact that there's two types of people that have more to do with who you are today than, than what you believe, and that's – you know, those who have hurt you and those who have loved you. And I went on to say, and I think this hits home for us because of the kind of way that we were raised, is sometimes the people that have hurt us the most were the people that allegedly knew the most about the Scripture. And and I, th- I think a lot of people our age struggle with that, 
and that filters down to our kids and our grandkids, and that's that's a tough thing to overcome. Well, I, go ahead, Brian. No, I just, that really resonated with me when you said that. You know, I look at my life and I can see the way I change according to the way people hurt me. Mm-hmm. You know, you put that wall up. Okay, if that's the way it's going to be, well, I don't want nothing to do with you. And I think. I never thought about it that way, but also the ones who love me helped me get over it, helped me move in mm-hmm. the right direction. Right. Um, I think for me, it's the pain has been good. You know, the hurt has been good, but it took me a long time. But without support, I don't know if I could have made it through some things I've endured in ministry. You know, I swear when you said that, you know, that I thought about me. <laughs> No, sorry. No, thinking about myself, but it. So ha- did I. But it. But it does. And you look at our world. Uh, people are are acting because they're hurt. They're acting out right now mm-hmm. because right. they've been hurt by the history, right? You know, by things right now that they they don't see enough love. That's why we got the love revolution. Mm-hmm. How can we, you know, you know, swing it? the other way how can we make love be the most the most important thing that people remember and you know that's what i think we're trying to do here you know is try to be that that love revolution you know and i've struggled with it i, I mean ever since i put this bracelet on <laughs> yes i'm telling you i'm reminded of it all the time i think me and brenda say look you got a bracelet on i said i know <laughs> a love revolution bracelet you know because it, i think it reminded me of how often i let my hurt win you right. know when somebody offends me or somebody says man i tell you when somebody says something that that politics right now really irritate me they mm-hmm. don't agree the way i do I'm like, i don't understand why you don't agree that right that i don't get why you're the way you are you know, and I, I want to react. And then I look down and say, love, love has the power to change. You know, not that I have to agree. Right. You know, I don't have to outwit you. I just got to love you. Right. You know, that's hard to do. I think one of the problems in our country right now, and I, and I think this really spills over into Christianity, is we're, we're not allowing these wounds to completely heal. And, and the the slightest thing opens them back up. I mean, I saw some content on social media last night. I'm like, why would we just open that wound again? Like, we just keep yeah. opening the wound over and over again. And I think what happens, people try to follow Jesus, but they don't have that loving person in their life. They don't have a mentor. They don't have somebody. They're not in a life group. They don't have the support that they need. Uh, and so they don't have, they're not getting the love side yeah. that, that can help them move past that. I love what you said, Brian, that, man, the hurts, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really change the hurts in your life, but you've had people came, come alongside you, love on you, pour into you mm-hmm. that allowed you to overcome the hurt. Right. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of people's lives. They don't have that balance. And you know? just think about people in life who don't know God, who yeah. don't right. have access to that love whether it's through other people or just from god's word to help them overcome those things that's where the bitterness and the anger and the unforgiveness comes from and all we're seeing in society today you know they don't have a way to overcome that yeah other than you know act out right you know i mean 
How, how do we change that, I guess, would be the and question. And even as believers, I was You want to talk, aren't you? Bro? No, I was just listening. There's so many things y'all are doing. Keep going. Keep going, brother. Well, I was just going to say about the bracelet. You know, I mean, it, it seems like such a trivial thing. You know, oh, yeah. here's a bracelet. This bracelet is is not for other people to see. You that's know, good. they're yeah, not going right. to see this little inscription on here. They're not going to say, oh, what does your bracelet yeah, it's so say? so small. That's old people can't yeah. read it. Yeah. This bracelet <laughs> is for is a reminder for us. Yes. There's a verse in Colossians that says, put on love more than anything. That's put, right. Put on love. And I think about that verse every time I put on this bracelet because I take it on and off. Brian usually keeps his on. Yeah. But I take mine on and off every night. <laughs> have and to keep it on. I you think about to. that verse. <laughs> I put it on and I it reminds me. It's like God saying, don't forget. You're supposed to love today. You've got to go out and love the people that you come in contact with, even if they're mean to you, even if they're rude to you. However mm-hmm. they treat you, whatever their opinion is, whatever their view is, I've got to love because that's what love requires of me. Yeah. I think the New Testament, if you just kind of look at it, I mean, it's, the first thing is it's not about you, and the second thing is don't give up. Those are the that's two right. things. Yeah. So I get a phone call at the beach. For one of the pastors, we started, you know, 20-something years ago, and I'm, he's still in the group. And here's the phone call. We put a group together on how to get out of this. That's right. what he called me. He says, we have put a group together. We're going to be going over how do we get out of this and survive. Out of ministry. Out of ministry. Mm-hmm. These, are pa- these are all pastors in this group, and they're going to do a Zoom meetings, and they're going to try to figure out what we can do and how, you know, how to get out. That was his conversation wow. at the beach. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, we, so why sad. would you quit now? We're in 23 years. Why would we quit now? We're in the it, middle of yeah. God getting everybody's attention he, through the pandemic. And that's what I said. He said, it's just been so hard. You know, it's been so hard people and hurt and pain. I said, but we never give up and we never quit. But that's what I heard. Go ahead. No, it, no it's tough. And, and you guys know, like six years ago, that's where I was. Right. Six, you know, a little over six years ago. I was like, I'm out, I'm done. Uh, God has another plan for this church. And and I didn't know if God would ever put me back into vocational ministry again, and he ended up doing it. But um, Amy and I were actually talking about this the other evening, and, and she said there there was just no – there was nobody there. Nobody came uh, to your defense. Nobody came to, to love on you. Nobody came to help you walk through it. And and that's that's a tough thing, man. And, and you guys know the stats about how many – not just churches are closing, but how many people are walking away from ministry, mm-hmm. and I, I can't help but think it really goes. It, it all goes back to this stuff, mm-hmm. where yes. where somehow love has gone away, and it's all this other stuff. That's what it feels like, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, the Christian, is, like you said, that brand has lost the real meaning of what it was supposed to be. That's right. And I think it's what Brenda said. It's really us that keeps it moving. Mm-hmm. It's not about. A bracelet says you need to love. It says we need to love, and I think that I think for us, we've all been we all started the church, and you've been in church. You start, yeah. you know, oh, all yeah. that. But I think for us, the you know the cause of Christ. I go back to that is why we're still here. That's right, because He still loves people, and we still and whether we love Him or not, we're going to show love. You know, I may hurt, we're going to love because that's what He told us to do. And I think one of the most important things that I've been reminded of is that it's not my love you know it's god's love through us because we're incapable of human as humans to love people who hurt us you know it is true but 
you know, when when the Holy Spirit controls our life, He produces love. You know, it makes it easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I hear you talk about people quitting. Boy, I can relate because I've had that question many times in the last twenty years. You know, I'm I'm done. I don't I don't sure. have to do this. I can retire and play golf. You know, I'll be done. And but I go back to what you said that there is nothing th- this is it this this is the love of Christ the cause of Christ is the only hope we have that's mm-hmm. it and to give up on that i can get where some pastors feel like it's time for me to you know let somebody else be the leader but to completely be done mhm i don't think we're ever called to be completely done right I think we're continuing to work dead, giving <laughs> that's it, living the brand, giving the love, teaching the young how to love. Mm-hmm. We talked about it the first week where our faith is at jeopardy right in jeopardy yeah, right now right. because we're not teaching them how to love. We're teaching them how to be very radical protesters, mm-hmm. and sometimes you need to stand up for things, but you also need to teach that love, you know, Absolutely. to our children. And what where we're going to be in twenty years if we quit now? That's what I think. There That's won't exactly. be a church. Yeah. We have to we have to show them that whatever comes our way, there is hope. The power of love, the power of Jesus Christ. I mean, we don't have it as bad as the Christians did. That, in their day, that's right. First century, <laughs> no, we did. They were coming to kill <laughs> them brutal. every day. Yeah, that's right. So, and when we got mics in a room talking to the world. Right, you yeah. know, we have such opportunity to change it. Right, we we can't just go home. And it, you know that's a great point because there's no Plan B. The no. church, the the church is the only plan for this age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. And and don't get me wrong, I I love parachurch organizations. I think there's some great ones, but none of those were Jesus' plan. The church was His plan, and so we we've got to figure out a way to love people appropriately if this if this plan's going to make it. I mean, there's only two things that he created the church and he uses people. Those are the two. That's, the, that's, that's how it works. And so, if we decide to give up, you know, we we have. I know this is a cliche. We have hope for the hopeless because we know what Jesus can do for that person out there that nobody really wants, and we know what he can do, and that's why we stay in it. Well, and obviously, God left us here for a reason. When you become a Christian, you don't immediately go to heaven. You know, we're here for a reason and for a purpose, and this is it. This is it. This is our chance. Hey, let me read this passage uh, that I read Sunday morning, but I'm going to add one more verse today. So John 13, verses 33 to 36, Jesus said, Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my, di- my disciples. Now watch the Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? <laughs> so <laughs> Why are you leaving me with this? <laughs> we, 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 so we kind of beat this guy Peter up, but he always does this. So Jesus is like, uh, here's what's important. 
you need to love each other because that's how they're going to know that you're my follower. And he's like, but where are you going? <laughs> and I, I feel so much like Peter that, that I can just yeah. always focus on the thing that's not really important instead of focusing what, on what is, is important, and that's yeah. loving people. That's right. That's good. That's good. I would probably say, can I go with you? <laughs> Please take Please me with you. Us. Please don't leave me here. I, I think that's what Peter's saying. <laughs> Let yeah. James like, and John have it. I'm ready to go. And, yeah. and Peter, if Peter's thinking is, I'm going to always have your back. I'm going to always be with you. So wherever you're going, that's where I'm going. He kind of was mm-hmm. the self-anointed right. yeah. bodyguard. And he, he's like, no, you're not going without me. And he's like, no, you're not going with me. You're, you're not going to know either. But no. it, Peter always seemed to just kind of miss it just by a little bit. You know? That and is I, true. I, and I, I feel the same way. I feel like I'm like Peter. Yeah. We can relate to him for sure. <laughs> hey, we finish with these three statements. Um, the loving thing to do is, you know, don't do anything to hurt you. Don't do anything to hurt somebody else. And, and don't be mastered by anything. I think probably the first one is probably – Maybe what kind of people are like had to think about that a little bit, but to take care of others, you have to take care of yourself. But for me, one of the biggest things is is don't be mastered by anything. And there's so many things in the world. There's so many things that compete for our attention. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that that can take, you know, Christ's proper place. If we don't have Him in the right place, we're not going to be able to love people effectively. Yeah, I think you know. Thinking about you know the first statement you know about don't hurt yourself, I don't know. It's hard to love other people if you don't love you. Right. I do think mm-hmm. that, and I think the mastering part where I think there's a lot of things that play into that. Sure. You know whether you're beating yourself up, you feel guilty about this or whatever, but I think being mastered that's one thing that I look at I and mean, making sure nothing is in control but him mm-hmm. because it, because it just gets in the way of it. No, it will take you out you know of loving people because it always comes back to you. Yeah, it's kind of a you know, don't let anything. What did it say? Don't do anything to hurt you. Seems kind of selfish, but I get what it's saying. I think we take that so far to the point that we don't do anything, <laughs> you know. And but I've learned that you have to have that balance again. The balance. Of, then that's you know, the key balance. Yeah, that's that's. I get a chance to say this. Eddie. That's why we play golf. It is true. Just so everybody knows. Here we go. It is true. It's, I know it may not be in the Bible, but it should be. Racing is in the Bible. Racing? Oh, are you going to get an argument No, there? I'm not going to go. To, but to be a, a loving and compassionate <laughs> pastor, you have to have, you know, a good four to eight hours of fresh air per week. That's true. That That's what so it says. Good. Atmosphere. Yes. You, you yeah. have to have Environment it. and atmosphere. Oh, but we've learned that, that all work, working all the time. It, it doesn't give you energy for love. You have you know, to it makes you yourself. selfish. Actually, it, it's a fact, and that that's why so many ministers, so many mm-hmm. you know vocational ministers, crash and burn. Yeah, and we hear somebody say they want to quit. Well, we say you're not playing enough. Then, yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> you, you don't have yeah. enough playtime. You know, you you yeah. said the B word balance. There, it seems like everything's in ba- out of out of balance in our in our culture, like. People either don't want to work or they're workaholics. Yeah. People, you know, yeah. they they either are narcissistic or you know they're self loathing. It's like it, it's just so hard for us to be balanced in this culture now. And it's been hard for me. I'm a workaholic. I think. Would you say that, Brenda? Yeah. I say you love what you do. I love what I do, but I've had Brenda's helped me that you know go home at five, 
or four. Which one is it? <laughs> it's supposed to be four, but supposed I'm doing four. good if you get if I get you to leave at five. Right. And because I've noticed myself over the years with my girls growing up that I've missed moments because I, I'm thinking about work when I should be thinking about them and looking at them in the eyes and giving them time. And in you know, in your defense, though, when when you're in ministry, you know, there's not a clock out time. That's right. No. There's not a clock in and clock out. It is your life. And that is one of the hardest way, places to mm-hmm. find a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, for me though, that is the key to a lot of pastors mm-hmm. and ministry and Christians having that balance, learning to love yourself enough to give yourself balance so you'll have energy to love. You know, you know, going out to lunch with people you don't know or saying hey to somebody—it's really hard to do when you're tired. You put you pull the hat way down, your sunglasses on, you walk through Walmart, and you don't look at nobody. You know, the you know masks what I'm talking about? make it a I little know. bit better. The mask you can ride with your mask. Right. Have you noticed after a vacation, you love everybody? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. A good point. Yes. You know. I'm about to find out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would tell you guys, like full disclosure, one of the reasons that I had any desire whatsoever to be a part of this team is because I felt like this team was healthy and balanced. And that's awesome. And and if I. If I hadn't observed that, if, if I didn't feel that, yeah. honestly, I wouldn't have wanted to be a part of this. Um, and, and so I think that, that that's a credit to you guys in the way that you lead us. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we want you to go play golf when you get back. Okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm ready. You know, Jesus did that. Yeah, he, he played went, golf he all the time. Right. He, oh, he, he didn't play golf. Oh, he didn't? No. Oh, okay. I thought Wasn't invented yet. Oh, yeah. You'll okay. get an email. Um, <laughs> would golf he, be any fun if every shot was a hole-in-one? Because that's... I mean, know, playing golf with Jesus, what would that be like? Exactly. <laughs> he already knew what the score would be. That's I mean, right. There's all kinds of You don't of have to keep it. He just already wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I think we, we, we lost Hey, it. guys, <laughs> any final thoughts before we, uh, we head out for today? Just all love... Right. Hey, y'all, Eddie's going to finish up. Actually, he's not going to finish up. He's going to do the final message in Love Revolution on Sunday. And then uh, two weeks, we're going to do a panel. We're going to talk about uh, the series and kind of celebrate it. By the way, if you want one of these wristbands, um, they're fantastic. Uh, Get on our social media. Get on our app. Send us a message. We'd love to share one with you. And uh, thanks for joining us again today. We will talk to you next time. 